Turkey will have been eaten, all the presents will have been opened, and then it's all on about Boxing Day football. Luton Town go to Sheffield United on Boxing Day, and we are here to preview the game. Alongside me to do that, the Lutonian journalist, James Cunliffe. Already, James? Merry Christmas. Here's the intro. Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, the preview episode to Sheffield United away could be said the biggest game of the town season so far alongside me to preview it is James as always I should just say because of the schedule and everything and the proximity of the Newcastle and Sheffield United games with Christmas around it we are recording this before the Newcastle game so if Luton have beaten Newcastle and some of what we say is kind of out of date then happy days and if they haven't and it's still out of date, not so happy days, but uh, you you get the feeling anyway. There's just not enough time for us to find, uh, to get a preview out ahead of the Newcastle games. So we're doing it beforehand. Yeah, I did suggest we do it on Christmas Day with a bottle of whiskey. Really. I'll have been more than happy to do that, <laughs> but I suspect we'll have struggled to find locations to do it in. That was our problem. But hey, we'll just have the whiskey and uh, everything on Christmas Day without, you know, Microphones and cameras on us. Yeah. Well, Baby Guinness, you had one of those? I haven't, actually. Oh, that's, the, that's the rock and roll drink of 2023, I tell you. I've seen pictures of Guinness over the top of WKD blue things, and I'm like, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure I can look at Guinness in the same way ever again, having seen it. It's it's not good. Get the Baileys out. That's in it. That's, that's in Baby Guinness, yeah. Just get the Baileys out. You don't need the rest of it. Bit, well, Bailey's rubbish, but Bailey's Auntie Maria makes a baby Guinness, and that's a that's a drink of champions. There you go. <laughs> Just don't do it before or on the way back from Sheffield United. There's your festive cocktail. Sheffield United, then worst team in the league uh, at the time of recording. Probably will be the worst team in the league uh, at the time that people watch this because they're at Aston Villa on Friday night, uh, and no one gets much joy from Aston Villa. We know a lot about this. Mob followed them up last season. I still think five games more and we'd have swapped places with them. Uh, was convinced of it all of last season. I'm still convinced. It's a different Sheffield United now though, isn't it? Because they've gone back to the bloke who was taking them out of the Premier League the first time around when they sacked him to bring Heckingbottom in. Uh, that's Chris Wilder, who since then has brought a bunch of mercenaries to Kenilworth Road here in Watford shirts and been seen off. And <laughs> um, who knows, hopefully we get the uh, same outcome. On Saturday, obviously, this is the first time we go to Bramwell Lane since uh, March when Carlton Morris got in front of the goalkeeper and um, tapped in in a 1-0 victory. And, um, well, I think we're all hoping for much of the same. Yeah, got to be, uh, really. Um, you've got to beat the teams around you, uh, and they are. They're at the bottom. So um, if they're getting pumped 8-0 eight, eight by good teams and then 5-0 by Burnley... <laughs> and uh, 
then then hopefully you can go up there and do a job as well. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether we've beaten Newcastle or not, this is a must-win game of football, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a few times. I know there's people out there in the world that don't like us saying must-win games, but you have to beat the teams around you. And that, that we, we've talked all season about this sort of eight-team mini-league of teams that are going to be down there or thereabouts that Luton have to beat. And there's... There's no doubt about it. You've got to, you've got to go and get something at, at Sheffield United, and you know did it last season. So why not now? All we've heard so far this season is how Sheffield United have come up with worse squad than what they had uh, that got promoted. I can see why. Sander Berger obviously went to Burnley. Uh, Ilian Njai went to Marseille. I think I saw him at last week. Um, yeah, Marseille. But that was an odd decision, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Marseille. Uh, I heard on the commentary, because I saw him in the Brighton Marseille game, I heard in the commentary, he came through Marseille's youth system, which baffles me how the hell he ended up at Boreham Wood and Sheffield United if you've come through Marseille's youth system. But hey, each to their own and everyone has their own journey. He's probably backpacking around the UK and they just snapped it off a bit. It might have been, yeah. Um, but I'm mighty glad he's not there because, you know, he's caused us a few problems in the past. Not really anyone else at Sheffield United that have done. I know McBurney scored the goal down here, but take his elbows out of the equation and there isn't much to him. And Rianne Brewster, I know this is going to come back to haunt me, but my favourite bit of football all of last season was <laughs> when he went down the right-hand side and put that cross in that nearly cleared the main stand. I was like... Still brilliant. And if he wants to do that, uh, and actually at their place, they've got this kind of open space in the corner of one of their, between the two stands, there's like an advertising board in and there's like a triangle. And he nearly found that as well. And I was like, I'd love it if someone found that. And then 10 minutes later, he nearly did. But I mean, you had to be there to uh, understand it. And hopefully he does it. He does it on Boxing Day. But they don't have what you would call known threats to us if that's right you know the ones that we would have looked if we were doing these podcasts last season we'd have said Sander Berger and Njaye but they haven't really been replaced have they I suppose the Berger replacement is someone that we know all too well from Wembley in Gustavo Hamer of Coventry let's be honest we're all mighty relieved when he toddled off 15-20 minutes from the end of normal time yeah he had a stormer at Wembley didn't he and um, don't let him shoot from 25 yards like he did. Uh, I mean, the then. positive Although, is we haven't got Horvath in goal. Yeah, yeah I think, um, yeah, I think... I think uh, TK will um, make much better fist of saving that. Yeah, than, uh, I think Kaminsky will. Um, but yeah, don't don't let him have a, have a shot. Um, but he's a tidy little footballer and you can see why they went after him um, uh, and, and got him. And, you know, obviously since... Coventry have gone on a bit of a downward spiral, haven't they, ever since that, um, uh, which is a shame because um, they're a proper club. So, um, uh, But yeah, he's at Sheffield United now and I don't think he's, I wouldn't say he's a direct replacement for Sander Berger because he was a big physical rangy man and I think Hamer's more technical, I would say. But um, uh He's got to come up against Ross Barkley and uh, by then, hopefully, Marv and Lukonga as well. So I don't think um, he'll relish that. No, we will come on to that potential Luton midfield uh, shortly because it is a mouth-watering prospect. Um, two other threats in this side, though. One who was there last season but didn't really do a great deal in either game against us, James McAtee, well known to one member of the Luton squad, albeit one that's out on loan at Barnsley, his brother John, who... Uh, 
place for the town. Um, but I remember last season, sort of towards the second half of it, he really came into his own, particularly in that FA Cup run. But then obviously he couldn't play in the semi-final because he's on loan from Manchester City as he is now. Um, but he's a, he's a decent player and, and obviously he scored the winner against Brentford uh, the other week. Uh, top bins, yet another player who, when he appears on the right-hand side, all he's going to do is cut inside and do an Elise, Bamo, Silva, um, Almiron, all of this. So we're well versed in the test that he, he brings, but knowing what he brings and stopping it is another thing, but we do have to stop it. Yeah, you do, but... Um, it was a great ping, by the way, for that goal that you mentioned. Um, fair play, a uh, great strike. But, you know, if you look at, say, when, when I know it was at home, but we played Burnley, they the only way they won it was a, with a worldie, sort of closed down those spaces. If Luton are keeping it tight against Man City and Liverpool and Tottenham and Arsenal, albeit those were home games, um, then you'd fancy... Luton to keep it tight against the likes of McAtee as well. Yeah, I would. And um, I suppose the other one, is, I'm not sure what the situation is with McBurney and suspensions and whether he's back or whether he's not back. Must admit, we focused more on the Newcastle game uh, than we did the Sheffield United one leading into these podcasts. I think McBurney is back, but I'm more worried about Cameron Archer anyway. He obviously scored Middlesbrough's goal at Kenilworth Road last season, didn't he, where he just shot past our defence and was away and gone. Uh, we have already mentioned, if you've listened to the Newcastle preview, similar with Callum Wilson, really, we'd be kind of happier uh, with the pace we've got in the defence that we could deal with him better this time. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's... he's... I, on a different day, he could have been lining up in a Luton shirt here, couldn't he? There was all sorts yep. of rumours that yeah. we were after him on loan. and yeah. um, Definitely Luton wanted him, but the price tag was uh, too high 18 million they spent on him and that's pretty much what Luton spent on their entire um transfer budget in the summer and really they've done better haven't they so um you know kudos to the Luton recruitment side uh, as per <laughs> so um yeah but he's a good player uh, he was very good at um Middlesbrough but Middlesbrough were a very good team a very good attack minded team and he thrived in that and he's obviously not getting the same sort of opportunities in the Premier League. Um, so on the one hand, while while that may be a Sheffield United problem, it also makes you think, well, would Luton were right not to even entertain trying to stump up the cash for him um, in, in this division. So uh, nevertheless, he's, he's a young player and he's quick and uh, from the goals, is uh, he scored goals or is it? Well, singular, I think it's the one. I think it is plural, it's but plural. not by many. Okay, so I've just seen the one. Um, it was a well-taken goal. Um, so You know, you, you saw the winner against Wolves, presumably. That's, the, that's yeah. the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he scored against Everton earlier in the season as well, off the post. Yeah, well, everyone, everyone scored against Everton, didn't they? So. They have, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, you've got to be wary of him. He is a good player, um, but uh, I think Luton have got got the tools to deal with it again like the Newcastle game it will be very much how the defence are uh, prepped for it and, and and planning for it and it's still going to be a tricky situation for them because uh, Lockyer's not around and you know leadership qualities as well uh, I know we'll we'll come up to the lineup, but um 
the one thing with Mads coming back as he is, he used to be the captain of Barnsley as well. So you'll get leadership there if and when he plays. But uh, the rest of them are quite young. Um, and obviously not inexperienced, say, in the likes of Osho, who's had a, a wonderful season last season, but inexperienced in Premier League terms. Um, you know, I know Lockyer was as well. That's um, that's obvious, but um, young players might need a bit of guidance so um, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out Yeah we didn't really cover it in the Newcastle preview did we who would be captain in uh, the absence of Tom Lockyer I mean usually it's Carlton Morris but we're not convinced he's going to start the game Marvellous obviously can't play against Newcastle uh, so maybe someone like Amari Bell perhaps he's probably the most senior one amongst them Unless they give it to Bar- to a Barkley or a, a Townsend, but you suspect that they're more players that can show that without the captain's armband than the necessity of it. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out first for Luton in these two games. Um, that's for sure. Just before we focus on Luton, Chris Wilder as a manager, firstly, you surprised they went back to him? Uh, no, they've obviously seen um, what happened at Luton in the championship after Graham Jones and thought we'll have a bit of that. We'll go for the old manager that did so well for us, um, except... It's not looking good, is it? For I mean, they were talking of Burnley and no team has stayed up with the amount of points they've got after this many games. Um, and Sheffield United are worse off than them, so really he's going to have to pull off the great escape on steroids. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Nathan Jones, they look back to, not Graham Jones. James is still in uh, Newcastle, um, thinking mode and uh, oh, well, why not? they they knew what I was talking they about they know that. Jones they so, did yeah. know that but there's <laughs> a, a, too many Joneses uh, that's for sure um, yeah Wilder when he was in the lower leagues his Oxford team played really nice football against us in the conference obviously that night that Keith Keane scored that corner was fantastic we'll all remember that his Northampton team that won the league two season the season that John still got sacked that was a bloody good team but really, the further he's gone up, but you kind of, apart from that one season at Sheffield United where um, they their first season in the Premier League where they kind of surprised everyone with how they played. After that, really, he hasn't really done much since then, has he? It's just, if you're going to sack someone, you'd have thought they'd have gone for someone massively proven at the level. And I'm not sure he is. No, they've gone for the emotional one, though, I suppose, because, uh, you know, you, they're not going to do it on skill and stuff there might have to do it on emotion so I don't begrudge them it I don't think it will work but I don't begrudge them it but yeah down in the lower leagues uh, I know Nathan Jones was particularly um, impressed by his Northampton side when they played them late on in that season and got an absolute drub in I think they were already champions yeah, by they, them, were, they? Yeah. they were and um, I remember having a couple of conversations with Nathan Jones about how his team played and that being a blueprint and obviously he went on to do what he did afterwards and, and get Luton up so um, yeah he, he was implementary and did play well but um, I'd rather the Chris Wilder of Watford last season come we come up against him than than the the Northampton version yeah wouldn't we all um, yeah many have tried to get that bunch of mercenaries playing football and well no one's worked, no one's done it yet that Northampton team they did a free kick in the home game that season it still blows my mind now. It made that Dutch free kick in the World Cup look positively average. Hopefully we don't get none of them on Boxing Day, that's for sure. Let's turn the attention to Luton then, James. 
we're hopeful that the back five will be as was against Newcastle. However, if Issa Kabore gets booked against Newcastle, he won't be playing in this game because he's on four yellow cards going into the Newcastle game. So that's something that we need to look out for in that Newcastle game. Um, but hopefully the back five are, uh, are as one. And well, most of them will know how to keep this Sheffield United side out because most of them, with the exception of Lockyer, played here last season. Yeah, and a famous 1-0, that'd be great. Um, if if this if we have if the clean sheet haven't come against Newcastle already again we're recording this before and because of it's Christmas uh, um, yeah that'd be nice they have got that experience and they are a physical team uh, Sheffield United and I think Luton relished that if that's going to be the case what they've had to come to terms with and they've done it really well is against very technical teams that can make changes on the hoof as they're playing you know the elite teams they've done that very well so. Um, I don't think there's anything to be scared of um, uh, uh, with all due respect to, to Sheffield United. But one thing we will have on Boxing Day is, is a nice little Christmas present uh, from Santa is three top draw midfielders available. How do they get into the same side? Whew. Um, I think you just, you, you play Marv where he plays best. You move Ross Barkley up a little bit higher, so he's more of a 10. And um, Lukonga plays in that pivot role as well, uh, I I guess. So there's a bit of protection and um, more freedom where Barkley may not necessarily have to be box-to-box in the sense of getting all the way back to Luton's own 18-yard line. I'd I'd like it that way because he's playing with such freedom at the moment. You give him a bit more then who knows what he could do. If he's doing that against Man City and Arsenal, um, I saw a tweet today that said uh, Declan Rice was the man of match against uh, Luton. I don't know what game they were watching there because it was Ross Barkley all day long. He bossed those multi-million pound midfielders all evening. Um, and the, that's got to be the prospect. I, I assumed it was be was when they got Lukonga on board and, and Edward started talking about the double pivot. And how that would work. I, asked, I quizzed him a couple of times and he was a bit coy about it. As um, Which is fair enough because he's trying not to give all the secrets away, isn't he? But that would be what I suspect would happen. So does that come with the absence of a centre-back? Or does that come as one of the front three dropping out and playing a front two? I think against Sheffield United, you could play four at the back, couldn't you? I, I, I've been not scared of that whatsoever. I think it's very worth trying. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if you've got a back four and two sat in front of them, that's got to be enough. And you don't need seven, effectively seven players sat back. I know the fullbacks will go forward, but that feels like a lot in any game, let alone away to Sheffield United, who, like you say, you know, they've shipped goals left, right and centre. I mean, if you're not going to go and get a few goals in this game, chances are you're not scoring very often. That's no disrespect, but, you know, Burnley five, Arsenal five, Newcastle eight, I think, couple of others have filled their boots against them as well. Um, I suppose that was all against Heckingbottom. Heckingbottom, so yeah. Wilder will come in and tighten them up. He's shown the first result he got that they were a lot more competitive and he'll do that. That's the emotional aspect of what I guess they're hoping to achieve. But it's whether he's got the talents to then unpick teams in the Premier League to get the amount of points that they will obviously need to try and survive. I mean, I'm not talking like Luton as 
out there and free and easy and they're in the relegation zone as well, Luton, but I fancy their chances are hell of a lot more. Yeah, I think we all do. Um, I am rightly so. Um, so we're sticking kind of with the front three. Morris scored at Bramall Lane last season. Does he come in for this one? He's going to have to play one of these three games, isn't he, Morris? You can't ask Elijah to do three starts in seven days at the intensity that these games are going to have to be played over. So is this the one for Morris? You said it's a physical game, didn't you? Carlton loves a physical battle. So maybe it is the one. Nothing against Elijah. Hopefully Elijah's filled his boots against Newcastle. But ultimately, three Premier League games in seven days is a tough ask. It is. And I know we've just talked about the midfield and how you play that, but there could also be the option of not playing that in this one as much as I really, really want to see it and playing two of them up front. Why not? Well, they linked up perfectly well last season, didn't they? It was Eli who'd done his fancy moves down the right-hand side, got a uh, lovely nutmeg to someone. Can't remember who it was, he nutmeg, but he nutmeg to someone. He uh, could nutmeg a mermaid, that lad, though, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he could. I'll tee him up, you volley him home. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he rolled it over for Carl Morris to score. But we haven't really seen them up front together, probably since, well, I wouldn't even like to um, suggest Burnley. Would that have been the last time we saw them up front together? One's replaced the other recently, aren't they? Yeah, potentially. I mean, we, we haven't seen enough of Wilder's side and what he's trying to do yet to understand the system he'll play. But Generally plays the same one though, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe it'll be more of a championship style affair. And if that's the case, I fancy those two to make more of an impact than anyone on the Sheffield United side. There are an awful lot of Sheffield United players who are booking away from missing this game. I'm not even going to pronounce, try and pronounce the Bosnian centre-half because I'll make an absolute balls up of that. Um, but he's one. Bogle, the right wing back, he's another one. And I think they've got Hamer. I think Hamer's on four bookings. So if he wants to get booked at Villa Park on Friday night, whoever the referee is for that game, <laughs> here's your man. Give him a yellow card as we saw more than enough of him at Wembley and I'd be more than happy not to see any of him on Boxing Day. Um, is McBurney not one of them? I've not looked at the stats. McBurney, he, he's just got a face that looks like he's a walking yellow card. McBurney's got more cards than Moonpig at this time of year. That's <laughs> <laughs> how many cards he's got, but he tends to get them in red variety rather than the yellow one. Apparently he's not on four yellow cards or if he is, he's, he wasn't included in a list that I saw. Because um, it's, it's the... The list it always comes out now, doesn't it? Who's going to miss Christmas yeah. by getting booked here? Back it is. It's kind of this. It's what I call the Steve Howard list of footballers because he always got himself sent off prior to the Christmas period, didn't he? And uh, but Bernie looks like he's always been on the naughty list. He does. Yeah. Well, with his elbows, the way he was swinging them around in that game against Burnley, you're not not really surprised, are you? Um, yeah. So they might be missing some players as well. But even if they're not. I still think this might be the game to get Chio up against Bogle on that right-hand side because every time I've seen Bogle, and I saw him for Derby against us a few times as well, um, he looks erratic as a defender to me. He looks like he flies. Or obviously, he's erratic if he's got that many yellow cards already. Um, but there's him and the Bosnian down that right-hand side. So the Bosnian guy is the right centre-back and Bogle's the right wing-back. So if we can get Chio going... At, He's going to get fouled. We're going to get free kicks. And, well, we know what we can do from there. Yeah. Um, that's that's the power of what Chio brings, if we can get him on the pitch and get him playing in that way. Um, 
and the benefit of, obviously at the moment Luton are absolutely flying with set pieces largely corners at the moment but you give them a decent place to free kick which I don't think I've seen too many of actually to be fair you know the sort of 20 yards out well we don't variety. get fouls off these referees do no, we no but if you can then if you can do that from a corner you've got more of the pitch to aim at from from there with maybe an in-swinging cross or something like that and the way that say Elijah's playing at the moment you, you hang the ball up in the air for him and you fancy him against anyone yeah, you would Osho as well. Uh, obviously, got on the end of um, corner against Arsenal. Um, that's good. We should actually mention the referee, shouldn't we? It's the first black referee since Uriah Rennie, I believe, uh, going back nearly fifteen years. Who's going to take charge of this game? Obviously, it's his first Premier League game. Big day for him. Everything for the team that's going to be playing in blue. Um, please, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. It's good for it's good for the league and. It's good for refereeing and diversity. It's amazing that it's been that long since Uriah Rennie. He was just a seemed a permanent fixture of Premier League, and um, yeah, hopefully the, that that carries on. And there's more of that. You need more referees with more uh, experience, and uh, the ones that we've got so far haven't we haven't been happy with at all, really. So um, if he's done well enough to get promoted, then fair play to him, and I hope he has a absolutely anonymous game as all referees should yeah it's probably a good time for him to get a first Premier League game because there is no way in this world he can be any worse than the other clowns that are already there so um, yeah best of luck to you and uh, as I say if you want to be an away uh, rather than a homer Mm -hmm. we will be more than grateful for that that's um, that's for sure any other areas that you think we can hit this Sheffield United side I'm just thinking back to last season we very much played a we will not lose and we will nick one on the break, win one nil away from home, very much Rob Edwards' style of planning the championship. Is that how you see it going? Or do we do do we need to be more on the front foot in light of the games that we've had recently and how important this game is? Well, the Bournemouth first half was the blueprint we all want to see against away from home. I think we've got home performances down pat, really. Not the results we've wanted, sure, but that that's that's a given, and we've seen that what what we want to see from that away has been a bit too passive until they got to the vitality, and obviously the game didn't complete, and so it doesn't count. But the first half was more like it from Luton, so it was a bit of that. Yeah, it was. I thought it was the best 45 minutes away from home we've produced this season. And I would include the first half against Everton in that we did have to ride our luck for the first 20 minutes against Everton. Thankfully, their radar was off because shots were flying here, there and everywhere, everywhere apart from goal. Whereas Bournemouth didn't really get a look in. They, yeah, they put a load of balls in our box, but hey, more the merrier when, when, when it comes to that. That's meat and drink to, as it was at the time, Tommy and uh, Mengi and would be for Osho and... Uh, Mengi in this game. Um, yeah, I'd like to see us a bit more on the front foot. I suppose naturally that's going to happen if we do play this double pivot with Barkley further forward. I know you said that we might save it. And and you're right, we could save it for Chelsea, couldn't we? Um, but I would like to see it here. I would just want to see it, really. It's a, long yeah. way, it's a fairly long way to go, Sheffield, on Boxing Day. It'd be nice to see it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. I've been we've been talking this up for weeks now, really, haven't we? And we probably if, some, seen, uh, if someone from Newcastle injures one of these and puts it, it it's it's going to absolutely ruin Christmas. 
Come on, Newcastle, play the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, please don't do that. No, definitely, don't, please don't do please that. Please don't do that. Um, don't, just because your players are all injured, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's a, it's a very exciting prospect. Um, but equally so, because we haven't seen it very often, if they didn't go that and they did the other option of two up front, like I was, was saying, that would also be very thrilling as well. He's got options, Rob Edwards, for this game, and that's good. So the one thing we didn't want is to go in with sinks suspensions and injuries and bare bones three days after a tough game against Newcastle, because whatever happens, that's going to be a tough game against Newcastle. Um, but he's got options. He can, he can rotate. I mean, you look at the bench against Bournemouth, it had Osho and Mads Anderson on it. In fact, I'd say it's the strongest bench I've ever seen Luton have. It had Carlton Morris on it, it had Chia Wogbeni on it, it had Pelirada Kapanzu on it. So many Jordan Clark on it, so many really good footballers, and you still got Reese Burke and Corley Woodrow still coming back to fitness. I mean, the options he's going to have at his disposal, and hopefully many more of them on Boxing Day, starting to look a real Premier League squad. This one, it's always had the potential to be that. I think it's just that we has not been able to put one together so far. And but when they all do come back, then it is going to be a strong sort of prospect that's going to give you confidence because even without some of those players that have been out for a, a while, when you've got Morris and Chong and sometimes Chio and Pelly on the bench, Clark on the bench, you come off and try and affect the game and they have in a number of games. It's, it's really exciting because it doesn't mean that when when a game's not going your way and then you haven't got any options to change it whatsoever, you're just like, oh, this is going to be a long afternoon, isn't it? But it's not the case whatsoever. No, it's not. And that might actually be their problem for once rather than our problem. Yep. Take much more of the same of what we got last, uh, last season there. That is for sure. Probably it's like you say, the novelty of Wilder is still around. Hopefully Villa bash a bit of it out of them on Friday night. And score a few goals and, uh, you know, dent their confidence a little bit. The fact that they play Friday night does give them a slight advantage. I think it has to be said, you know, it's, what is it, best part of 24 hours to recover. This time of year, that can be big. Um, but that's, you know, the, we've had that on the opposite foot already this season, haven't we? And we've coped fine with it. So um, I don't see that being too much of a problem I'd be disappointed if in the game of this magnitude we can't find it in ourselves to get up maybe the Chelsea game might be the one that gets the lingering effect but this one's a huge game everyone knows it you know footballers ain't stupid they'll have looked at this fixture at Boxing Day and they'll have known the significance of it yeah it's got to be all in for this game really um, and I think it will be I've got no no fears that they'll go up there half-hearted. Um, particularly, you know, we'll, you know, we're recording this before the um, Newcastle game, so we'll see then on how the Lockyer situation has affected them. But you would imagine siege mentality stuff, really, and you go up there uh, with, with that in mind, and um, that's perfect for Luton, anyway. Yeah, it really is, and obviously the Newcastle game once that's been played the minds will get stronger towards football when, you know, we've kind of got through that first sort of back in the office, sort of back on the horse kind of thing. Um, and then we can focus on the the job at hand and doing it for Tom. I mean, obviously if we can stay up 
this season for Tom Lockyer. That'll be absolutely fantastic. And this is a huge game uh, to go towards that. Um, school prediction time. Not had a great deal of time to uh, think about this one, having focused a lot on the Newcastle game. Um, but Sheffield United against Luton, it would have been the halfway mark of the season, wouldn't it? But obviously the Bournemouth game being abandoned means we've got one more game to go on top of that. But they are the last team that we play well, that we play, if you say that we've already played Bournemouth, uh, they are the last team that we play. So how do you see Sheffield United against Luton going? A good old-fashioned 1-0. As much as I want to see a 5 nil, 1-0 will be a treat as well. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going as well. Very much uh, on long, similar lines to um, to last season, really. I think this is a game that we have to say the first goal is going to be massive because their goalkeeper has a huge tendency to get cramp whenever they're leading. And <laughs> um, we don't need none of that shite going on um, on Tuesday. If we can get that first goal, you know, he's going to have so much adrenaline going through his body. He won't even think of cramp, will he? Um, he'll, be, he'll turn into sort of fast forward mode. So that'll be important. Um, I, I agree with you. I really do think that a clean sheet can come here. I mean, if they couldn't score against us last year, the odds would suggest that they're no better to score against us this year. We've definitely got someone in goal that I'd rely on an awful lot more than what we had uh, last year as well. And I've got to be honest, I mean, I was at the game. I can't really think of a period in that game. Bearing in mind that they were going for promotion at the time, they were second in the league. I didn't really come away from there thinking, Jesus Christ, we rode our luck there. Because we didn't really. I mean, even the shots that they had when we were 1-0 up, finished halfway up the stand and things you know Horvath made a really good save right 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 at the end with his feet but apart from that didn't really create a great deal and uh, if we can contain them shut the crowd up half an hour or so or whatever and um, start playing the football that we played at Bournemouth I think we could win this game I don't think it's going to be a classic I think it's going to be similar lines to that Crystal Palace game which was atrocious in the first half and then you realise you're not really up against much and you kind of get a bit better in the second half. But I don't think they've got an Elise to do what Elise did. So, uh, yeah, 1-0 town for me as well. Two wins in succession I'm hoping for and uh, that would make everyone's Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And it will kickstart the, the new year and the second half of the season where we were expecting to we were expecting to get better throughout. Luton have, the results haven't, but maybe 2024 is the year. Indeed so. Yeah, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Both myself and James are going for a Luton win. What are you going for? Let us know in the comments. This time we will be doing a full review of this game and hopefully we're reviewing a much needed and important Luton win. Give us your score predictions. If anyone gets it right, we'll give you a shout out in the review show. That is it for this podcast. James, thanks very much for your company for this. Thanks to you for watching and listening. Uh, we hope that you've had or are having a good Christmas, depending on when you watch this. And if you've got a ticket to Bramwell Lane, be loud and proud. Uh, there's a, there's going to be two, two and a half thousand of us or whatever there is, but the boys need all of our support as always, particularly in this game. Huge, huge, huge game of football. Our thanks all as always to the Hightown Club for staging this podcast to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for the intro music and to Ed Smith Creative for all of the designs that you see on set. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You'll find out exactly when our future podcasts drop. Again, they're coming at you quite erratic next week because of the way that the schedule's dropped. But until next time, have a good Christmas if you're watching this before Christmas Day and come on you hatters.
this, this tent. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. 